0: one ladies and gentlemen welcome to the four corners podcast i am shad here with matt and brad thank you all for joining us gentlemen how are you all doing
1: doing good this is part two of our of our uh retrospective of the decade (laughs) (laughs) we choose to go to the moon in this decade oh god say it frenchie Ciao down
0: <laughs> Wait, wait, did JFK ever make an official visit to Mongrovia?
2: I don't believe Mongrovia <laughs> existed at the time.
0: I, I, want, I, I want Oh, I, I, want, I, I was hoping there was footage of him standing for their national anthem. <laughs> ich bin ein Mongrovian. <laughs> Just imagine. The idea of someone keeping a straight face while someone with a microphone just going, over and over again cracks me up. Thank you all for joining us. We are going to be going into our, our second, second, uh, to our part two, looking back at the what do we call this decade? The 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 teens, the twenty teens, the, the teens probably. I guess I don't know what
2: did they call it? What did they call it when it was like the nineteen tens? I don't know.
0: World War One.
2: Well, yes, obviously.
0: <laughs> All right, so we're going to be looking back at that. Brad, could you um, kind of set us up a little bit here?
2: Okay, so um, in part one, we kind of talked about, I guess the fan experience, we spent a lot of time talking about, like how technology's really changed how you watched it. We also talked about how wrestling was kind of part of the, the nerd culture boom and benefited from that, and then we... We touched a little bit upon like uh, CTE and concussions just because that really affects a lot of this really affected a lot of things with in wrestling. So Mm -hmm. this time we're going to talk more about like what actually happened in like the world of wrestling.
0: More of the in ring kind of stuff that's going on. Even
2: like the business side, I think, had a lot of change this decade.
0: Yeah. All right. So where were we going to start this from?
2: I think I think we, I think we should really start it with because it was a big story last year. I think I think the Bullet Club becoming the elite and being the elite and then the formation of AEW was a really big deal this decade.
1: All right, let me find my notes. I would um I think it, I think you're absolutely right. I would even I would give them this much credit. I would even wager that right now. To the extent that we are in a in a boom, if you can consider this a boom. I, I actually do consider it a boom, although it's it's a much different boom than what we've had before. It's, more it's like not like
2: an indie boom, I think.
1: It's almost more like a a boom within like wrestling fandom. It's people yeah. who were wrestling fans have kind of reconnected. It's not unfortunately it's not a, a boom with kind of I think the larger society or culture. But not
2: what people were thinking was gonna happen.
1: Yeah, it's not a boom of like the late '80s or the late '90s, but it is a boom, and I would credit the elite as probably the biggest factors in 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 kind of bringing that boom about. They're not they're not obviously the only ones. That there's a lot of like tremendous workers who have been out there and and kind of sustaining it. Um, yeah, but, but they, I feel like they. They, mm-hmm. they
2: they they are the reason though that like new Japan I think became so viable in the United States and started to to catch on finally. I
1: absolutely agree. I mean, let's be honest, like AEW, which is now a second major promotion, a second major wrestling promotion that is on primetime cable again. Like it, yep. it, wrestling came back to Turner television yep. 20 years after it ended. Mm-hmm. And it's in large part because of them. Yeah. they they're the fact that they were bankable marketable stars
2: and I want to say the also <clears throat> in anecdotally um the last time I saw shirts in the wild were like DX n w o and Austin shirts and then I started when I finally started to see wrestling shirts in the wild again it was bullet club stuff
1: oh yeah I uh, I will still walk within the last year. I've I've worn like Bullet Club stuff, um, elite uh, shirts. Or at one time, it was like a New Japan related shirt, but it was all I think it was like a, a New Japan Jericho shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there have been people who have stopped me on the street, and it's like they they did the elites. They like they threw like you know let's uh, <laughs> let's touch hands. The, the whole like, oh, the wolf pack sign, the wolf pack sign, yeah. They threw it, they, they threw it up, uh, and that was, I mean, that's purely anecdotally, but it's like, when was the last time somebody did that? Like, maybe if you happen to wear like a like an NWO shirt or like an Austin 16 shirt, maybe someone would be yeah. like, Oh, I remember that, but that's about it. No, yeah.
2: like, I mean, I my niece and I go to an anime convention here every year, and Last year, I'll probably wear it again this year, I wore a Bullet Club shirt. And um, I was, and my niece was very, my niece is 17 now, but she was very confused that these strangers were coming up to me and we were two sweeting like, randomly (laughs) walking through the convention.
0: I will be honest with you, uh, when I go to conventions, if I see someone wearing a Bullet Club shirt, I don't even say a word. I just hold my hand up to do it. And we do that and go on. So I, I guess I'm part of the problem.
2: But I mean, I mean, I wouldn't. I there, there, there are a million other wrestling shirts I think I could wear that no one would comment on.
0: Yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and people see that well, skull on you, and they cut, they like make a beeline for you.
0: I was gonna say part of that is the the Bullet Club and the Elite and what they've done, and then part of that is everybody else making just ugly, janky ass T shirts for so long. So, uh probably more column A than column B, but I think I really think, I, I don't think we can ignore the
2: I think that's where where AEW has really been ahead of the curve. Like when they when double or nothing happened, I bought a couple shirts and my wife was kind of looking over my shoulder and she she was like, "I want one."
0: Yeah, um they do uh Cody's Twitter. He has like for, for lack of a better, he's he's polled fans to be like, hey, which one of these do you think you would actually buy? And and those those are the ones they've been putting up to sell. Which on one hand is like, well, you know, that seems kind of basic, but on the other hand, nobody else does it.
2: Well, but like WWE stuff, other than other than the New Day stuff and Rusev Day, like their shirts are just awful.
1: So many bad shirts. Yeah, I I got back into like, actually buying, like, wrestling merch, or... I, well, uh, t shirts are merch, but I mean, I got back into it, say, 2017, when I went to the first WrestleMania mm-hmm. that I've ever been to. I've now been, been to, like, three of them. And at that time, I, I was is getting real back into it, so I, I bought a bunch of shirts, and I legitimately would argue that in the last three <laughs> years, the quality of the WWE shirts has dramatically gone down both in terms of like the material mm-hmm. like they, cause now they use like a thinner, like cheaper cotton and they also just like the designs. Like I feel like the designs are just so bland and, and terrible now.
0: Yeah. Well, like um, the, mm, yeah, last year I think you sent Brad and I some, uh, the man shirts. I still have it. <clears throat> I like the shirt. It's not on the same quality material that that smaller ones I have are. Yeah, and and I still like the shirt. I still wear the shirt, but it's, you know, it's not quite the same, and you can tell.
2: Well, and but sometimes like like when Braun Strowman got really hot, I was like, oh, I oh, really yeah. enjoy Braun Strowman. I want to get a Braun Strowman shirt, so I get on their site, and it's like I think the only shirt they had was like Braun Strow- like Braun like Goatman or something, and I'm like, what the. Fuck is this?
0: Yeah. I had a bronze shirt for a while. This is well, I'm gonna kind of feel bad for doing this, but I had a Braun Strowman shirt for a while. It was a um It was the one that kind of it it kind of had like not exactly a silhouette but a minimalist drawing of his face on the front. It said monster among men. I cut it on clearance. And then after they cooled him off so hard I donated it to the Salvation Army because I was so annoyed mm-hmm. with what they had done. And there's part of me that feels kind of bad for it, but on the other hand, I'm like, um, I, I don't want to wear it, and it's it's taking up space in my closet.
2: And I think where where WWE really misses the mark, and where AEW really hits it is, is like the good stuff, especially like the Bullet Club stuff. Like you should be able to wear your wrestling shirt out. And some little old lady should should think that you're either in a gang or wearing some <laughs> Satan affiliated item. That's what a good yeah. wrestling shirt should be.
0: It uh, it doesn't have to be that, but it's it's one that doesn't make you cringe to wear it in public. No, I don't want a silk screen of Seth Seth Rollins' face on my shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it should be. It should
2: be. Um, It should it should have like it should you should be fine wearing it in in public, but some little old lady should be shuffling away from you because you're either like in a gang or like you like some satanic rock band. That's like the vibe like I want my wrestling shirt to have.
0: Uh, Here, let me let me put a different spin on it. If you go to an indie show and there are dudes there wearing shirts, and there always are, and it's that's not a bad thing. There's there's a bunch of different reasons they might be. Are they wearing shirts with airbrush patterns or someone's face silk screen on the front? No, they're wearing a shirt they got at the flea market because it was cheap and has skulls all over it. My my, because what looks badass.
2: My favorite shirt that I got at in, in a Chikara show was um, it's like the, I think it's like the 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 Mike Tyson like end screen except it's Dasher Hatfield, like face and like eight bit <laughs> graphics. Nice. It was. Literally- I have an,
0: I have an eight bit uh, Mega Man style uh, bullet club shirt. I have one. Uh,
2: the one I own is pretty much bullet club, <clears> and <throat> then it has like the Pac Man maze behind okay. the logo.
0: See, these are all these are like designs that are fun and interesting, not like Seth Rollins. Here's his face, and then on the back we're gonna put "Burn It Down." It's like, God, it's so uninspired. Yeah. I think the back
2: of mine has like the ghosts, the Pac Man ghosts listed out with their names too. (laughs) And like Pac Man's like on like the sleeve and stuff. But then they have like the inverse, like where like Pac Man's like front and center. And then there's like Bullet Club stuff behind Pac Man. They were like limited edition, but I, it was a little too pricey when it came out. So I waited until it like went on clearance and I grabbed, I grabbed one.
0: Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's, that's really, uh, well, it feeds into what was what was the slam on the uh, the Young Bucks for a while. It's like, oh, they're living on t-shirt money. It's like, and their their response was, t-shirt money bought my house. Like, they 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 came up with designs that were cool and not embarrassing.
2: <laughs> that reminds me of of Lance storm talking about one of the video games. I think it was like versus Smackdown, like Oh six. He's like, he's like, I love that game. Like that game bought me a new kitchen. Like, (laughs) like did my kitchen.
0: (laughs) You know, I, I wish, I wish we could have heard more about more from Lance storm unfiltered. I think the guy would have a dry wit that would just crack me up. Like, you know, follow his Twitter, but just, Just to sit around and and talk to the guy, you know?
2: I think someone asked him... I think they asked him about video game royalties. Like, oh, yeah, that game... Like, I I redid my whole kitchen, like, off of of the check from, like, that one game.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) It it sure as heck wasn't the most recent WWE game. Oh, God. You know, like... (laughs) The one that quit working when it rolled over to
1: 2020. Uh, Yeah, I must have (laughs) thought it was, like, Y2K... The Y2K, yeah. did, the Y2K buck. The Y2K bug actually did ha- like it. It finally hit something. It hit 20 years later. Did it, How
0: WWE. WWE is it that it hits 20 years
1: late?
2: Well, no, I think I think that all the 2Ks, 2K games, did that because they're also <laughs> low effort.
0: I don't know about that, but it's still. I forgot about me. that.
2: I, I was just shaking my head reading that like January second. I'm just like, oh my god, can that game get any
1: worse? That's the thing. It wasn't like this was the only problem this game has had. Oh not at all. It's been a it's been a comedy of errors involved with this game.
2: Well, so so I think the lesson we learned there is you don't fire the dev team like halfway through development and then slap some pieces shit together in three months.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that's generally a bad move. Um so Bullet Club in the (laughs) elite. (laughs) The 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 thing that fascinates me is the kind of the timeline, at least as I understand it. If I understand it wrong, I'm going to trust that you guys are going to straighten me out. Um, But the we had what the Bullet Club formed in New Japan as a a heel faction. It was Prince
2: Prince Devitt at first. So it wasn't like a Bucks thing at
0: first. Right. Well, Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Finn, Balor. Yeah.
2: So it started with him, and it started probably, I think about 2009 or 2010.
0: And was the purpose for it to be a heel faction, or what were we looking at here?
2: Heel faction.
0: Okay. So it's his heel faction, and I guess since it's his faction, he starts pulling gaijin into it, (laughs) so he has people to talk to? Uh,
2: Uh.
0: I don't think it was
2: necessarily... (laughs) I don't think the the first group was necessarily all gaijin.
0: Okay. I was trying to turn a joke out of it, but, uh, we had, uh, we had, you know, he formed this and it, the part of what fascinates me about it is that the bullet club has been this kind of rolling entity. It's been rotating members that kind of keeps it fresh. So it's not, it's not the same thing all the time. um, and then you have uh, as it's happened, the people you've had go through it who've been revitalized. Like, I'm not gonna say AJ was revitalized, but he went to Japan and kind of proved his stripes to everybody who doubted, you know, oh, he was just a TNA guy. And um, who in who in the hell it increased the value of these people, who in the hell would have thought Festus of all people would have been a big name in, in Japan, right? And, and yet, you know, here's Luke Gallows now. So, so and I, it increased the stock of the people against him. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I,
2: I looked it up, so it formed um, May 3rd, 2013. So it was Prince Devitt. Um, let's look here. Um, Carl Anderson. Okay. Yujiro um, Takahashi. Tama Tonga, Bad Luck Falley, and I think that was the original squad.
0: Okay, so so Anderson really was o og on it, huh? Yeah. Wow. So you've got you know you got this this heel faction, and it's had rolling members, and it's it's been uh, it's been big not only for people who are in it, but people who went up against it, like you know Nakamura had it in the big big series if I remember right, against Bullet Club members.
2: You know what the Bullet Club reminded me of? That someone watched late 90s WCW and learned all the right lessons from where the NWO went wrong. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And then, let me see, where am I note at? So, the Bullet Club's formed in, let's see, you... Like uh, I, I'm not sure of the timeline on this, so correct me if I'm wrong. Were had the Bucks already been in in Impact as Generation Me before they joined up with it, or was that yeah, concurrent? They,
2: they were in. They they came so they probably got out of Impact. Uh, whenever they got out of Impact, about the time like right before Ring of Honor hit TV, but I don't remember what year they they hit TV. Okay. Um so they, they are probably out of impact maybe a year or two at this point.
0: Okay. But it gave them, like, combining with the how much hustle they were doing and then being part of the Bullet Club increased their stock even more. And, and I'm skipping a little bit, if you pardon me. But, then, you know, Cody leaves WWE, and it's not long before he does go and join the Bullet Club. And that increases his credibility a little more too. And Cody was always kind of
2: Cody was more of a elite guy than a Bullet Club guy. Like I don't feel like he was ever strongly associated in the Bullet Club. Um, It where I'd really say Bullet Club took off is when AJ Styles joined up. Mm -hmm. I would say that's where it really that's where I'd say really like New Japan started to take off here because right after AJ got there is about when they hit new Jap- new Japan World hit like those well, those events kind of happened together
0: i'm i'm thinking more of of it increasing the buck's stock than necessarily like the um and like i said if i'm off base let me know but you put all these guys like the you know the bullet clubs increasing their value and they're working hard, and they're they're marketing their own well, names, and, then, so, so and the elite becomes kind of the a thing.
2: There's kind of a confluence of events for the Bucks. So the Bullet Club thing, so New Japan kind of started, like New Japan kind of like starting to get good with Okada, like becoming the ace, and they start getting visible in the United States. But then at the same time, like PWG really starts taking off. So the Bucks are like associated with these hot properties, and like for PWG, that's like starts kind of feeding itself because they get hot like Meltzer kind of realizes that. So what people don't realize is like PWG actually had picked up steam for a couple of years before Meltzer even really caught on that. It was a thing, but you okay. have, you have him start pushing it and they're, it's kind of hot because the bucks are there because they had, okay. they had gotten popular, but now you have this kind of like self feeding cycle where, they're associated with these really hot properties. They're kind of like getting eyes because they're there. But you know, when like, you know, when things kind of start feeding themselves, that's kind of what started happening with the bucks.
0: Okay. So we had, we had the bucks and the elite, their stock goes up. It kind of tied in. What I was kind of saying is that the bullet club is, has a line of responsibility to us having a competitor to yeah, WWE in the states now, um, and so we have that. Then they have. And I think I think All really, in.
2: I think I think what really changed the game in the United States with that is when they signed that Hot Topic deal.
0: Absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Like, and I don't think people realized that at the time. Like, I know it was a big deal at the time, but that that I feel like that changed everything.
0: It was a huge move absolutely was
2: because i don't think i don't think wwe could have ever ever come to that agreement with hot topic
1: i, I don't well they i mean they have in a sense cuz you can get wwe shirts in hot topic but i don't i think that probably i would guess that, that actually came after the the bucks the bullet club shirts were like so wildly successful Hot Topic probably went to the WWE and was like, "Hey, you want to throw us some of your shirts?" Because they don't, there's no exclusive WWE shirts. Yeah. That are being sold at Hot Topic. It's more just the stuff you know you can get from it's, the WWE shop. It's like the but, B,
2: it's like the B side stuff that you don't really want that Hot Topic has. Yeah. It's like the it's like it's like that. If it was like the 90s, it would be like the the off brand NWO shirt that no one wants.
0: The flea market special, yes. And I also think like
2: where where the books were smart too is they were so open to like licensing themselves out. Like <laughs> they signed they signed right up with our friend uh Christy Petrillo for action figures. You know they 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 got Funko Pops done of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, like they they those guys know how to make money. Yeah. And now I don't. Um, I, don't I, I know Matt's probably watched it. I don't know much about being the elite, but I know that really became popular.
1: That um, has become wildly popular, and that again, that again, that part that's part of why they became as successful as they were, and why they were able to form AEW. Like AEW is a thing in large part because of being the elite. Because not only do you have the guys who are they're really entertaining in the ring. Um, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody, especially, even guys like Adam Page, uh, they showed Marty Skrull, like they showed that they had personalities and that they these guys were actually really funny, really entertaining. They had a a real knack for kind of telling a story, because there are (laughs) storylines that go through being the elite. It's a little bit more tongue in cheek, but um, it they'd really showed that they were kind of mastery and that was just, they were masteries of um, of social media, and using the the platforms out there like YouTube to kind of market themselves. I mean, being the elite essentially was just a commercial for the elite for yeah. the Bullet Club guys. Um, but it was brilliant because it was entertaining. You like you look forward to every episode because it's like what what's going to happen next. It was almost like soap opera like.
2: You, you know what? And- the show I was they're doing say, now that though that I think um, I think it could be huge and they might actually be able to sell that to someone is that room service show.
1: I haven't seen this.
2: It's just like them sitting around like telling stories, like and they just bring guys
1: okay. on. Kind of like the table for
0: three that's on the network.
2: Yeah, except incidentally, not run well, through not a chop filter. All the hell. Of, yeah, not and not yeah. run through a filter of of WWE approved version of history.
0: Yeah. Incidentally, some of the, that's been some of the most entertaining stuff for me on the network is the, uh, the not, um, it is some of the non ring stuff is, you know, there's some ride alongs that I really get a kick out of. There's hearing some guys tell stories. There's been some round tables that I, I've really, I've, I've, enjoyed and that kind of surprised me, but I, um,
2: honestly, like, and in, in, he would be dumb to do it. But they, th- I think the the best WWE related property, and it's not really WWE related, is up, up, down, down.
0: Yeah, it, well, Xavier gives Triple H the credit for him having the channel, so I, I think it might be a WWE property.
2: He goes by Austin Creed on it, so I don't necessarily think so.
0: Uh. Uh, maybe there's there's a lot of well there's some gray area that, and we're not sure I guess um, but beside the point that's still Oscar's um, the, the other thing also I to say
2: entertaining by the
0: way the other thing I was going to say is being the elite provided something else too and it provided its own metric as a selling point because they could just say look we we just uploaded this last week look how many views it has we've made this much advertising money off of it. We know what we're doing. And um, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's useful stuff right there. Do you think,
2: do you think Zack Ryder ever just cries realizing like he innovated all this stuff and he's not <laughs> getting any of the benefit of it?
0: I, I imagine Zack Ryder has a lot of days where he just, he's sitting in a chair and he takes a deep breath and he goes, son of a
2: bitch. I'm thinking no, he's he's not. for that
1: very reason.
2: Well, no, he's doing <laughs> He's not.
1: He's, he, he's Yeah, what he's doing is he's going into one of his rooms and he's playing with the, the toys that he's buying. <laughs> no, That's was, what he spent his I hundreds of thousands say, of dollars. I was going to
2: say he takes that deep breath and says, son of a bitch, but he's talking about a limited edition Hulk Hogan that he missed out on.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Damn it, I could have
1: had it.
0: Yeah, it's, there's a lot of... He, he deserves the credit for kind of kicking this... Or he's... ...this thing off, because he...
2: Or he's got... You know, oh, sorry.
0: He he recognized how big of a tool it could be and started doing stuff with it. And then finally, his boss is cottoned on to the fact that he was getting popular. And they're like, well, why? And it's like, well, he, 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 has a, he runs a YouTube channel. You mean where that Evolution of Dance video came from? Yeah, that one. Huh.
2: I was going to say, he probably has Chris on, like, Speed Dial's too old of a reference, but, like, in his contacts, he probably calls him once a week, like, is the new stuff out yet? It's,
0: not, it's like Booker T's old fave fives that he used to talk about on there. <laughs> Back before Unlimited talking Text was actually a thing.
2: Because uh, who's, uh, who's the one that teams up with him? Is that, um. Oh. Crap! I is Hawkins.
0: Yeah, Hawkins.
2: Oh. Curtis Hawk Curt Hawkins. Is he? Oh, yeah. is, he's into that action figure stuff, like Zach is too, isn't he?
1: Uh, yeah. They have their own little podcast now.
2: That's why I thought. <laughs> I was gonna say they both probably have Chris on. Like, <laughs> on their like favorites. I
1: I think he's is on speed dial. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Chris, we could make. Well, no, nah, I'm just gonna let that lie. I could make a joke there, but that wouldn't do anybody any favors. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it to to be where we are now. You know what? To be where we are now, I'm just gonna. I'll say it's Finn Balor. Finn Balor's what's caused it because he started the Bullet Club, and there we are. So then, it probably could have happened otherwise, but uh, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and give Finn Balor credit. So then,
2: we, to lead to kind of feed off of that uh New Japan finally kind of penetrating into the U- US market after a couple of failed attempts and really just becoming like like back in the day because I've been following New Japan since about 2001 just to have like random people I know that like are aware of wrestling like text me about like New Japan stuff just like blows my mind because there was like a point in my life where I was the only person that had any like idea of what was going on in new Japan.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, awareness is really clicked up because,
2: because Shad and I kind of talked about this earlier today. Cause Shad was like, well, I don't really have anything to say on new Japan. And I was like, well, no, you really do. Because like, you know who like Tanahashi and, and Okada are, and you would know them by sight. You like know, like how they're wrestling and like, there's other points in New Japan like you wouldn't know who the top guy was.
0: Oh no! Like what? What did I say that like the a, a while back? I, I knew about some some. Um, you do like Misawa and Kawada, and and uh, Kobashi and Chono. Yeah. And and it, like that's what I had. <laughs> that that's it. When it came to wrestling cred, that's, that's all I had going for me.
2: <laughs> but like, I mean, like, you know, like, I mean, I think Matt probably followed it at points, but like just the access to it and the fact that like so many people are aware of like what's going on over there. Just like, just like my friend, like texted me and was like something about Jericho and Tatahashi, like that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago.
0: No. Mm hmm. Not even the remote It it's like the biggest um, penetration. Per, it, I might say, and this might be an ill informed viewpoint, but maybe since like the worlds collide pay per views the WCW did that like broadcast. You know, they're broadcasting each other's stuff uh, in in the country.
2: Yeah, well yeah that's probably that's probably when like you would got, have gotten some awareness of that
0: yeah that's what i was trying to get at i i just phrased it very poorly i'm sorry
2: because even even until like this decade i would say lucha libre had far far better penetration in the, oh, like, the yeah. u.s market i would say it probably still does a little bit but i would say that's more neck and neck um i i lost my train of thought because there was something oh yeah, but like other things with with um, New Japan, with the United States, where you can really tell it's changed is like it's so English friendly now. Like most of their shows are broadcast in English or even like um, Stardom started doing stuff here. And and I would say they they pioneered this. They they dubbed their promos in English.
0: Oh, nice.
2: So then you actually know what they're saying. And like I, I even like New Japan has started doing that a little more. But it's been, Very nice. it's been really great because, you know, you know, back in the day, you you know, you didn't understand what a lot of them were saying, but like you figured out what was going on. But now now you can follow the promotion and like be told and like know what they're saying and all that stuff.
0: And be invested. Yeah. Well, more easily invested, I guess.
2: And I would say. Bye. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, Matt, you've been real quiet. You'd... No, I'm just taking it all in.
1: Okay. <clears throat> I don't have right. anything really sure. to interject. Yeah.
2: And then I would say I would say, also in 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 this decade, like NXT like didn't even exist when 2010.
1: Mm. That's true. Sorry.
2: It was for the Championship Wrestling. That's a good
1: wrestling. point. Yeah. Um, and also NXT was vastly different than my <laughs>
2: game. Oh, it was that mm-hmm. stupid game show.
1: Oh, Thank God. You.
2: I mean, that did give us Daniel Bryan, though, so I guess we can't complain.
0: Well, it, it did, <laughs> but... Okay. Um, we we had, until this year, NXT was kind of like getting a corporate-sponsored territory back. They had a farm league. And it helped people, you know... It helped people a lot. If Maybe they're coming in... And it's guys who've worked the indies a lot, and they're kind of a name, but they don't—they don't have a whole lot of experience working with the kind of TV that they do. It's like, how do you, you know, how do you play to the hard cam, um, you know, that sort of stuff, and get used to production and having great trainers to work with people too, and and it used to create hype for call ups, you know, like the 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 hype for. After Nakamura beat Sami Zayn, the hype for Zayn's call-up was and this used to be the case. It's not anymore because we
2: It just become a super indie now.
0: Yeah, it had good flow. You come in, you progress up the card, you refine your gimmicks, you refine your work, you refine your abilities, and you go to the main roster. The problem is that last after that last part, it's murky at best because who the hell knows what happens there. But there was a progression to it, and and a logic, and it was, it, it worked really. It, I think it worked really well.
2: It did because guys didn't get stale. They kind of came in, told their story, and then they moved on. And right. um, now, like you're stuck with stuff like undisputed era that are really played out, and they're not going anywhere because there's no place for them on the main roster. So you're stuck with them, like is the main heels for three years in a row. And you're just like, well, but this is boring. Whereas before it'd be like, it'd be like, Hey, that guy's that guy came through for six to 12 months and he's out like, Oh, Sammy, Sammy Zane. Like that was awesome. Oh, he was there for like 10 months.
0: Yeah. Well, and they, they weren't there forever, but they were there long enough to either get audiences acquainted with them or just slap some polish on. Or maybe it's just getting used to how WWE runs, or something like that. And hey, then what? The note I have at the bottom is uh, at the bottom of my thing is you know you have people that come in, they are fine, they go to the main roster, and then I have an arrow, and it says "oops," (laughs) because that that's pretty much what is is the oopsie. It's it's there because then it's like yeah, we're calling them up.
2: And I mean, take over. some reason. Takeover really became like appointment viewing for a really long time. I'd say it's fallen off like this year after New York a bit. But I mean, there yeah. was a solid like, what, like four or five years where those were just absolutely must see every time out. Yeah,
0: can't miss. Um, and they had such, man, they had such good stuff on them too. Remember how excited people. Even when Dream was, like, really green. But it, it was really good at playing to his strengths. They, they they had kind of a Heyman-esque quality of being good at playing to the strengths of the people they had.
2: I mean, I even remember going back further, like, Kenta debuting and, like, you know, getting into it. I think with the, um, oh, what the crap are their names? The two guys that just got released that...
0: The Ascension. Yeah.
2: And getting into it with the Ascension, like on like when he came out for his interview. Because um,
0: it was um, Kenta and then uh, Balor came out to back Kenta up. Because yeah. I, I remember watching that.
2: And I like, was hyped. And like that awesome uh, <laughs> Sami Zayn versus Claudio, well, not Claudio, um, Cesaro match on the very first one. <laughs> and like um, yeah. Sasha Banks winning the women's title and Kevin uh, Kevin Owens coming out. And like congratulating Sami Zayn and then just destroying him.
0: Yeah. Man, it was there was it was good stuff because it was a progression. Everything fed into the next guy in a very territory kind of way. Not to be, you know, okay boomer on it, but there that was a benefit that they had in staying fresh. So
2: so then, I think um, I think the WWE this decade was interesting. Wait, wait,
0: hang on. Let's let's pull back. Matt, is there anything that you wanted to add to that? I know Brad and I kind of <laughs> ran away with
1: it. No, I'm okay. I, I mean, I agree with all those things. Like, I NXT is the is probably like what I like best about the WWE right now, mm-hmm. and I'm actually kind of bored with it.
2: Something happened and, with it this year. Uh, this Well, not
1: this year, but last year. I was kind of really thrown off by essentially them using it as a as a cudgel to try and club AEW to death right out of the gate. Um, and then they were losing the ratings, so they had to basically hotshot what was essentially an invasion angle. Um, yeah. With NXT fighting all the main roster guys and I guess kind of winning, um, and since then I feel like they they benefit from the fact that since Survivor Series, I should say, they've benefited for the fact that AEW has um, not done a whole lot. Like they they took a week off, but I mean they were kind of like just
2: they went into low maintenance <laughs> mode for the holidays. They
1: went they went into low. They did. They went into low maintenance, so I think they benefited from that. But once um once we actually now starting to get back to the the real competition again like we'll see if they can maintain that i don't think they can like i think even if they still have good numbers i think it'll probably dip down again
2: i think they've i think they've made some unforced errors with like some minor booking things like i don't think they've i think they're 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 reaching a point and i don't think they're gonna do the right thing like they are very much on the line of they have to do something with keith lee or he's gonna start losing momentum
1: he'll get um He'll get the Braun Strowman treatment, where he'll just people he start start losing interest if you don't.
2: Cause, cause I, push him.
1: I I but, feel yeah, like I, agree. I
2: feel like the, I feel like the problem I have with NXT and, and um, in um the last year, but they're they are really married to the idea of Adam Cole as their guy, and I don't see it.
1: I don't, but I don't I don't get Adam Cole, and I, it's, that's to the, the consternation of many of my friends. I just have never got Adam Cole. Like, I really don't. Like, I, and I say that as someone who accepted he's a a good worker. I just, I've never, he's always bored me with his character and personality. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. I can't explain it. I'm just saying, like, nothing he does, even though I've seen many of his matches, they're good matches. I enjoy the matches he puts on. I'm not saying he's a bad worker or anything like that. On the contrary, I think he's a good worker. I just, nothing, like, captures me. I I don't look forward to his matches, even if it's a a match I know is going to be entertaining. I don't know. There's a disconnect with me. I don't know if it's just me, or he's just, I don't think he's near as charismatic as people make him out
2: to be. I did like Uh, him in in PWG with the Bucks when they were just, like, having fun. Like, he showed a little more personality. Yeah.
0: Yeah he's uh, I'm kind of with you, is that he's he's okay he's fine there's nothing wrong with him but it seems odd to me that he's the guy you're gonna hang as your top guy the
2: problem is is they yeah they want him to be cool and he's not cool he's better as like a six or like a dork that's like just being a dork like like the funny stuff I saw like in PWG with him that actually kind of made me like him is like doing like a six man with the bucks and he puts like a guy in a camel clutch, they run the ropes like they're gonna like drop kick the guy in the face and instead they stop and like kiss like they double kiss like Adam Cole on the cheeks and stuff, like like <laughs> goofy goofy shit like that like makes you like kind of endears him to you, but he doesn't he doesn't do that stuff in WWE or in like Ring of Honor.
1: Yeah, I will say that to what whatever you think his charisma is, it's not as a as a cool heel. He's someone who had sean michaels is his like inspiration and it's clear that he's trying to be sean michaels at points but Shawn michaels and sean michaels annoyed me a lot back yeah. in the day he like um but sean sean michaels at least did get the cool heel vibe especially when he was at the towards the end of his first run <laughs> in the wwe when he was with um with dx uh he is like adam cole is more like a a dickish heel like that's that's kinda like his level. I,
2: I think he would be I think Adam Cole would be a better just like absolute like sleaze bag. Mm-hmm. Like if he would just grease up his hair a little more, like there's someone mm-hmm. I'm trying to like compare him to in my head and I don't remember who it is. Yeah. But that's that's what I think he would be better as. But he just he just doesn't do it for me, and I feel like I feel like guys are like now running into that. They're running into that problem of they're running into the Undisputed Era and nothing ever happens to the Undisputed Era and then they, like, bounce off and become less interesting because of it. Right. Yeah. And, like, I know he's... Interesting. I know he's, like, hmm? hurt, but I feel like Velveteen Dream has just lost, like, all of his momentum.
1: I think he can get it back because he's so talented, but... I, 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 You're right, like, he has cooled down, but that's that's not really his fault. He's, I think Dream really will get the bounce Feels he's he another yeah for his return, yeah, but he's another one who i I had thought like you should keep him in NXT for seasoning. And I still kind of feel that way. I still feel like he has room to grow uh, in the ring, but he's also at the point essentially now. maybe maybe they'll keep him because now that they have actually TV, people will be exposed to him. yeah, but I also feel like he, unless you're gonna put him in an angle where you're gonna put the title on him and and do something there, like I feel like he's almost run his course in <laughs> NXt. Yeah, but I don't want him to the main roster because then it's like, what are you going to do with him on the main roster? Is he he's going to be in like a three minute match with uh, I don't know. Um,
2: he's going to have he's going to have
1: Akira Tozawa, I guess. Like, well, no, uh,
2: he'll 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 obviously have thirty five televised matches with Cesaro. Uh,
1: <laughs> and they'll trade they'll trade wins and losses. Yes, uh, at each time each other. Time it'll be a a trade off, and then you won't give a shit about him. Yeah, or
2: the or or Cesaro will get hurt, and then he'll just plug into that with ricochet.
1: Oh yeah!
0: Wow,
2: uh, let's talk about someone that lost all even semblance of mattering.
1: When he first when they first brought him up to the main roster, it was like okay, they gave him like a a good match or two, and now he is literally a guy who like was having. Blow away matches in New Japan and even in NXT was having like matches that you would talk about. Oh my god, did you see the Ricochet match to see what he did? And now he is just another guy.
2: Same with the the, the Viking War Raider party experience.
1: Well that's that's <laughs> their fault for not having anything resembling an actual tag team division. So they just had to have them beat joppers every week for like six months. And then when they finally put the titles on them, no one cared. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Even if I did care who are they going to defend it against? PNC. They don't have a tag team division. At any given point in that, like for the last like three, four years at least, the WWE has had like four four tag teams, and they keep rotating them. And sometimes they have six. Yeah. Okay. But that still that's <clears throat> that's pitiful.
0: Uh, to to have two yeah. sets of tag team titles and you only have four maybe six teams that's pitiful
1: one of the one of the, actually the things that my wife doesn't like about aew because i'll watch i'll have aew on and uh she'll kind of watch it passively or see like it. she she doesn't like the fact that she's like why are there so many tag teams in aew like why are they doing all this tag team wrestling and I had explained to her well, it's because they're actually trying to do something different, and they're trying to have an actual tag team division to kind of s- separate them from the WWE, who has nothing of this sort really. They have very few teams, and I mean, how often they—they were—it's a trope I feel with WWE. But how how many times do we see the you know two people who don't get along or are randomly thrown oh, together? Yeah. yeah, that's a. Hay- I mean, they did that. Hay- they did that, hay- stable, did that the last. Too well they also they did the last like six months with oh hey guys uh Ziggler and um Bobby Roode they're now a tag team oh yeah. we're, gonna throw, we're gonna throw like tag titles on them and it's like why why are they tag why are they teaming together what's who cares yeah. It's just, yeah
0: it I love good tag team wrestling I love good tag team wrestling because there's the potential to do so much with it um when I got in the business, I thought I was going to be tagging with the guy that brought me in the business for a long time. He ended up hanging it up sooner than I thought he would, so that didn't happen. But I, that, I wanted to, right? Like, you have know, that the, – the idea of you got a ride-or-die partner, and we're going to go out there, and this is what we're going to do, and we're going to kill it. Like Yeah. And, and just all the stuff you can do because you've got at least two more people involved. Tag teams typically are more likely to have a manager, too. So, you have so many more tools to use and so much more
1: stuff to either piss people off or make people happy. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I love tag wrestling.
1: Oh, that was something that I always would love about definitely like NWA or WCW and old school, like Southern style wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this before, I feel, but you would get guys who were, you know, in a dedicated tag team, they were yeah. really booked logically and consistently as like these guys are tag team specialists. This is their wheelhouse. So even if you had main event guys like who ordinarily like in a singles match like they they had the world title or they are challenging for the world title. Like they're your guys. If you had them in in a tag team match against you know the tag team specialist or the tag team champs like they would not just steamroll the tag team champs like it's no. a lot of what you see in the wwe oh yeah they would they would get the shit kicked out of them like I, you would have matches like let's see early 90s you'd have like the steiner brothers up against like sting and lex luger and they would be like beating the shit out of sting and lex luger the guys who were like in the main event maybe like throwing them around and even uh even if you had like
2: the Midnight you know, like, Express art. versus Ric Flair and Barry Windham, which was a Clash of yeah. Champions, uh, yeah, show,
1: yeah, and you would have you would have the Midnight Express booked like strong, super strong against them, As and it should because yeah. that's that should be, I mean, not to get all Jim Cornette, like that's 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 the psychology, like these guys what? are specialists, like this is their wheelhouse, like if you yeah. had a boxer. Fighting an MMA, like, the MMA person would destroy them. You bring yeah. Conor McGregor into the boxing ring against Floyd Mayweather. Like, he can do okay, but only because Floyd Mayweather is just, like, tiring him out. Yeah. It's supposed to be, like, you, you're, again, if it's your wheelhouse, that's what you should be strong in. And I, I hate it. I hate the way they do it. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with you. But you know what, guys? We should not ask questions. We should just consume product and then get excited for next products.
2: When I miss, I miss like, cause you really don't get that. I
1: someone out there got that. Meme.
2: You don't get it in WWE, like with the announcers talking about like cutting off the ring and like, yeah. stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. That's, Oh man. I love that stuff.
2: So I think, I think, um, I think there's two men that really exemplify this decade in two different ways And I would I would say that I would I would present it as Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. So you have Daniel Bryan is kind of like that grassroots guy that they eventually had to recognize they were wrong about and do the right thing with. And then Roman Reigns, who they never recognized and really kind of just pushed down the fan's throat until it didn't work at all.
1: Until the House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It's you know what's funny about Roman Reigns is that I was absolutely a big detractor of him, and literally over after twenty nineteen, and the absolute awfulness that was the Seth Rollins blowjob babyface push. <laughs> I if, if if tomorrow they are like. Roman Reigns is gonna Vince like Roman Reigns is gonna win the Royal Rumble. Like I would be like, okay, I'm I'm okay with it. Like go ahead, put him right back. as, like the main guy. Like that wouldn't bother me. Just please, no more Seth. No more Seth.
2: No more Seth even as a heel. Like I I know they're doing that AOP stuff, and I'm just like I don't care. Like that that my you know you know he's you know who's right up there with him now is Lana. I don't want to see Lana on my TV ever again.
1: I feel like those segments. The the Rusev Lana Lashley segments. I don't care how again. I don't care how many like YouTube uh, impressions that they that gets. I feel like those are the the. I think it's the ratings are shown like it's tanking like the ratings whenever the segments are on. Right.
0: Because well, there's there's no, no YouTube end YouTube sight like,
1: like in yeah.
2: There's no end in sight.
0: Yeah. There there's no there's no end to the story it just kind of keeps going. Um
2: I really feel like Daniel Bryan changed the way the fans act too because that's really where like the rebellion from the fan base kind of became a thing.
1: I think that you're onto something. I think that was there was a a tide or like a dividing line because people before would get disappointed sometimes, but I think When he, when everyone thought that he was going to be part of the Rumble, he was going to be coming out as number 30, Mm -hmm. and it was Rey Mysterio. I forget which Rumble that was.
2: (coughs) That was, Uh, um, that was the one Batista won.
1: Yeah. When they saw that and people just completely shit on it, and the thing was, like, they didn't just let it go. That wasn't, like, a one-night thing. Like, they, they... They rebelled so strongly that they had to add him to that match.
0: Mm-hmm. The, and and twenty five. Yeah, like WrestleMania twenty
1: five. WrestleMania twenty five. Okay. No, they just? No, it was they thirty. React,
2: thirty. Sorry. 30, yeah,
1: was oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. It was. It was. They reacted so strongly to it. There's no way they could not. Man. No way they could. They could ignore it
2: because they I think and I think they they I think that was a build up frustration too because they um they did the Summer Slam thing and then had Orton cash in on him and then um they were going with Orton like a legitimate champion and no one like wanted that mm-hmm. and then they went with like that John Cena like Orton unification match which everyone was just like oh my god I do not need another John Cena Randy Orton match in my life <laughs>
0: Man, that's ain't that the truth. So we're are, are we kind of getting to touch on the the building or the creating of stars thing now? Yeah, because I think I think Roman
2: Reigns to... like exemplifies where they just really not been able to do that. Other than like, yeah, other than like things. I mean, like I think that the the self made ones that they keep sabotaging, like Rusev, who's like risen from the ashes more than once now. Mm-hmm.
0: I've got, I've got, I I had written some thoughts on it, and I'm sorry if I take off and run, but I got to thinking about that um, when I was eating lunch today in in preparation for it. And I made, I, I said, since the era that kind of created Randy Orton and John Cena and Edge and Batista, and those were the only ones I could really conjure to mind, it didn't seem like to me that the WWE has really created new stars. It seems like they've recruited them. You mentioned Daniel Bryan, who was already big elsewhere, AJ Styles, even if I don't care for much, CM Punk and Kevin Owens. They're like, these people were good here. We want them. And so they pull them in. And then they've stalled out people with lots of momentum. You mentioned Rusev, Cesaro, Zane, Wyatt. We'll go back to Ryder even for it. Um, John Moxley. Uh, good Lord, Moxley was white hot, but they wanted it to be rains and they cooled him off. Uh, you know w- with what happened with Oscar like what stars have they have they created?
2: Um, they well Mark Henry kind of came after that class you talked about <clears throat> and um, he legitimately became a say- star. Enzo and Cass I say were kind of stars for a little bit.
0: They were they were very over for a time. Yeah, they were. I don't. I wouldn't say that they had enough duration to, for me to qualify them well, as they, stars. They, as
2: they, they 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 screwed that up though.
1: Yeah, they were they, over yeah. until then. until they weren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they they were hurt in a couple. They were. It was so stupid to break them up. Yeah, But yeah. even if they had been able to overcome that, like uh, cast getting hurt, yeah, was like a, ba- a big problem for them, and obviously Enzo
0: being well, Enzo. like they yeah, they didn't screw it up as a team. Yeah. So, I, I think we, we should clarify that. Okay, I was going to gonna God, say... New Day uh-huh. would... I would, I would yeah, yeah, New Day. Becky Lynch... New Day would... Becky Lynch. Yeah. New, Day, six, New Day and Becky succeeded in spite of their booking.
1: Although, I will say, after 2019's booking, like, Becky Lynch does not remotely seem as in, like a, a, as big of a thing or even like they, a thing. Almost. They
2: briefly yeah. recaptured it with, um, Sasha, like yeah. Sasha made yeah. her like relevant again. And then they've gone into that stuff with like the Kabuki warriors. And that's just, I feel like that's just died a horrible death.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What I think, I think what's um, really hurt her t-
2: though, is they keep, they keep putting the women on last at those pay-per-views and they keep dropping the ball like the survivor series they did was bad. And then that TLC they did, which I don't even know why that went on last because that went on after something that was built up a lot. And then that yeah. one was just God awful. And I feel like, I feel like dropping two bombs like that in a row on, on a big show really hurt. her Yeah. Bad.
0: It was really self-congratulatory. And I get the impression there's a lot of back padding when they do that when they don't build to it, you know, like, like, Rhonda, Charlotte, uh, Becky, they built to. Okay, yeah. no problem. Well, they, you know they what, that match it, goes but on last? But, yeah, but I mean just in terms of card placement. That goes on last, no problem. They built to that. Go for it. But then whenever they're just like, oh, the women's match is going on last. Isn't that great? It's like, you're going to hurt yourself patting yourself on the back there. The only other people I could come up with of, quote, created stars... Maybe Charlotte and Bailey. Yeah, you know, but even then they're not they're not big like the stars of the past have been. The problem, they should have been.
1: The problem wait, is Russell
2: mm-hmm. I was gonna say the problem is is Charlotte they uh, keep trying to force her into that face slot and she's not a face. Like I don't know why they just don't embrace her as a heel, because I think I think as a heel, like that's when she's actually been over it, but they keep they keep forcing her as a face and people just don't care.
0: She's a great dominant heel. Yeah. She is next mm. that. And Bailey was an amazing face. And then they caved to everyone and be like, no, you got to turn her heel. And I'm like, why, why would you do that?
1: See, I wasn't that upset about that just because she was so steel. It's like, at least that's something different.
0: Yeah. But the, I, there's been the theory floating around that, the new stars not being so big is because the idea of not wanting the stars to be bigger than the company again. No,
2: there's a lot of truth the, to that, and I think Meltzer's talked about that.
0: So, the the problem is that those stars that have been bigger in, than the company have carried the company and made it so big. Hogan, Austin, Rock, Cena, all these guys have been like huge components to success and now it's like no we don't want to have people who are that popular cuz now they outshine the company and it's a very bad time to have that opinion AEW's on the rise there's there's alternatives everywhere there's enjoyable alternatives everywhere this is a really bad time to be you know uh, pulling the drag chute on people that ought to be huge stars, and
2: I feel like what what hurts them in comparison to like AEW is Jericho just feels so much larger than life as like the champion. Mm-hmm. And it's he's not bland like a lot of WWE champions are. But I, I had a question for both of you in regards to Becky Lynch. Is there mm-hmm. is there a moment that either of you like feel in your soul you could just tell that like she had lost? Like that edge or that momentum that she had last year.
1: I actually felt she started she she was losing it. Like at the very beginning of 2019, like once they were pulling the whole like oh she's injured and then oh just kidding she's not she can actually wrestle in main event of WrestleMania just fine no issues. Like at that point like when they were like, that whole like ridiculous build. I, at that point, I felt like, okay, she's she's losing it. And then they just didn't have really anything for her afterwards.
0: I am uh, going to... Um, finish up, Matt, please. No, that's that's, that's all I have to say. I'm going to say that, for me, the shine was really off of it. Like, I agree with you. They, they had slowed her momentum down a lot to do all that sort of stuff, and then after that, it's like, well, I mean, she was doing the Becky Two Belts thing and that was fun and that sort of stuff. But it's like, where where does the shine come off of it? For me, the shine came off of it when they attached Seth
1: to her to try and make uh, Seth you, you know what? That's the better answer. Because that that started dragging her down so much to the point where they had to separate them. Yep. And That's a like, great point.
0: Oh, oh they're... They're a real couple. They're both champions. Isn't that great? And it's like, look, guys, uh, I, oh, shit. Here we go. Well, it,
2: and- there there was some problems with that because there was there was this really weird, like toxic contingent on social media that, like, really did not like that and would not shut up. And I don't yeah. want I don't want to conflate that with them because I feel like there's no. two separate things. No. It, the problem, I think, with this was is Seth was so ice cold that, like, anything that touched him just immediately lost all of its areas. Yeah, it's,
0: it's like um, late WCW, where they would have someone who is popular and an up-and-comer, and then they would put someone over that guy to with the idea that they'd both be over. That doesn't work, because when you do that, you cool off the hot one and it doesn't do what you hope it would for the one that's not. And so now they
2: pulled a triple H, H on like, this, like where something got over, so then they glom triple H onto it so he can he can siphon off the heat and then no one's over. Well
0: and and the other side is I am fully convinced that this is the case. Becky and Seth did not act like a couple on screen. They would just kind of like stand or sit next to each other and smile at each other and then walk the same direction. That's not – that's like a buddy cop thing. That's not a relationship. And and it's uh, – even though we knew it was a real thing, like they're engaged now, but you, I couldn't buy it watching it on TV. It, it didn't work. And so there, there was just so many things – That didn't work. That it just it cooled the whole thing off. Good job, Seth. Uh, You know, I'm I'm his heel thing right now. I'm actually slightly intrigued by with him and the AOP as his as his enforcers. He's playing this like, no, I'm the real, I'm the hero, I'm the good guy. Why aren't you listening to me? I'm gonna make you listen to you know. It's this snotty bratty kind of i'm actually kind of intrigued by it it's not enough to you know watch raw for it but i'm i'm intrigued by it in concept and what i see
2: so i'm gonna i'm gonna take us back a number of years to the last time that i think raw was actually super worth watching because it did happen this decade it was very early in the decade (laughs) but this decade did have the pipe bomb (laughs) promo and the Summer of Punk was also this decade. Well, the WWE Summer of Punk.
0: Which was probably... I don't have anything for you because I didn't watch it.
2: That's about the last time I thought... Well, they botched it. Like, they do everything.
0: I didn't... Okay. I know we talked about it in the past. I've never really liked CM Punk. And then the pipe bomb comes out, and I was out that night. I didn't watch it. I've never felt compelled go back and watch it the whole summer punk just kind of passed by me i laughed myself sick it's at, at the the joke of um like punk won the title and quote left with it i thought that was pretty funny but
2: that was actually a good angle but they 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 were too impatient with it like i would have left him out a little longer but the problem they ran oh, yeah. into with punk is he got hot and then they like started having him wrestle like kevin nash yeah and like triple h and he was like losing matches and it 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 was it was a really interesting angle like i like i said like it was the last time i was super like super into it but i feel like they they did what they always do and kind of screwed it up i don't know matt i know you're not a big punk guy either but what did you think of like his kind of when he got big in the wwe
1: I was uh, I was all invested in it.
2: Now, am I remembering it right or wrong? I mean, they did kind of screw it up initially, right?
1: Oh, they absolutely screwed up. He, are you talking about, like, right after he won the belt? Yeah, because then Cena? he lose
2: them to, like, Nash at one point or something.
1: Oh, it, it, again, like, they should have played, whether he signed a contract or not, they should have been, like, really quiet about it. They should have played, like, well, we don't know. He has the belt. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean... That was back in, and back then they brought him back like within a month, and it's like they should have milked that for at least three months, where it's like we don't know what's going to happen. Nowadays, you have Brock. You put the title on Brock Lesnar, he doesn't defend it ever, until like three, four months later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, so I, it's I, like it's you guys obviously you don't give a shit about the defense of the title, but they they brought him back in a month. I don't even think it was and- <laughs> a
2: month. I think like he won it. So he didn't show up the next night. Then they had the title match the next week, and then he came out at the end of the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, well, because it but, was a tournament. Yeah.
2: So yeah, he so was.
1: Horrible. He wasn't gone long, and then, no. and then when they brought him back because he was like red hot, of course, like Triple H had to immediately like latch to it, mm-hmm. and the Triple H hanger-ons like Kevin Nash were involved as well. So yeah, it was just a mess, and his. He was still over, obviously, but
2: it, lost it was it. just
1: a, a huge. Yeah, it did. It, lo- it lose some. I mean, it lose a huge misfire.
2: That's something I think they did that in the two thousands, but it really became, it really became emblematic of them in the the tens, where they just, just at the exact wrong moment, they always job a guy. I like our our friend Paul always said that is, and I've always I've 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 stuck with that forever. Is he always says like I know exactly when to not care about a guy anymore because they always like when they job them in a certain match, like he says like I know exactly I don't need to care about that guy anymore and that's become a real issue this decade.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um It if it were me, if I was booking it and I was gonna do the summer of punk thing and he's left with the title. I have all kinds of ways that I could have fun with that. I could have this whole thing about them saying, you know, you could try and go the legal route. Uh, it's like, no, 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 that's our belt. You got to bring it back. But then they they either can't find him to like, certainly you've got these like hand cam things where they can't find him to serve the subpoena or they, they lose that route. So they got to try another one. It's basically, you could basically have, have had punk screwing with the company again and again and again not in an austin way but in a like he's staying a step ahead and he's enjoying screwing with them and it's it you could have done that so easily and then it's like well fine you know we're gonna have we're gonna have people go and get it back and it's like well that's that's uh you know, let's see how that works and that doesn't work either i you know i, but, I would have
2: won up that i would have I would have talked to like small time companies. Like I would have had him like do an appearance on NWA. Hollywood as like the WWE champion. And then like, like work between like work, work like the internet and stuff and say like, you're threatening them with legal action and, you know, make them like blotch out the belt, you know, have him do like a PWG show. Like to really like sell that. He's just like saying like, screw you guys. Like I do what I want.
0: And then you, they get some, um, they get a little bit of, of exposure from it. But they, if they show the footage on the show, they blur the belt out because it's like, no, he shouldn't have that. Make it seem like the company's really vindictive about it. Yeah, exactly. But you could have, you could have had so much fun going outside the box with this. Well,
2: remember, like he got that huge response because he went to that Cubs game, like while that dispute was going on with the belt.
0: Yeah, well, he showed up at a, uh, I think it was a San Diego Comic-Con panel with it.
2: I think he did, yeah.
0: And and people wigged out. So, yeah, I mean, there could be so much. I'm sorry, I'm fantasy booking.
2: No, but there's, there's some fun stuff you could have done with that. Like, you could have worked with some smaller promotions. Like, even Ring of Honor, I don't think, had their TV deal. And you could have really worked, like, you could have really worked that angle and built some intrigue.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, but I it, when we were prepping for this, I actually I, I cast my mind a little further back, and it it bugs me because there have been so many times when things could have been so much better, and for me the the main example of that didn't even say it, it was the invasion angle, and I sit and I think, man, what could have happened if it was just you know what. Let's grab this hot thing and turn it loose and see what we come up with.
2: It's okay, um, Crockett screwed up the UWF invasion, so
0: that's also true. <laughs> I just I, the the what could have been blows my mind sometimes. So
2: now I think I think my feud of the decade probably ends up being Tanahashi versus Okada. Okay. Um, I know. I know. Shad probably hasn't seen many of the matches, but just uh, a lot of really great matches. I know what, the first time they put the belt on Okada, I was like, "What the hell are they doing?" And then, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I would say they feuded for like four or five years. They had like a lot of big matches, traded the belt a couple times, and then Tanahashi finally kind of moved down a little bit, and Okada became the guy, but. Really that I mean when I think of the ten, when I, probably when I think of the 10s going forward it's going to be Tanahashi versus Okada. But I mean for, okay. for me this decade was dominated by New Japan. Like New Japan was the place to be.
0: Were I to pick what I would say is, is decade defining for me? And you mentioned, you mentioned it earlier, but if I, if I was going to pick what was decade-defining for me, I would probably have to go with the Daniel Bryan arc that that culminated at Mania 30. It was, yeah, it was 30. Uh, we just talked about this. Because it also, you know, that, that, that was... The Kofi run was directly a follow-up to that and all the stuff that came with it and the huge payoff at the end. That's, that's what, um, that, that's, that, just, just casting back over everything. That's probably what I would go with.
2: I would say American wise, it would be, it would be Bailey beating Sasha for the, the NXT women's belt.
0: Like I saw the match, but I didn't watch the lead up to it. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. What do you think, Matt?
1: I like Okada Tanahashi. I would almost I would almost con I would almost consider like Okada versus Omega just because they had so many tremendous matches. That's,
2: that's a good one too.
1: And it was it was kind of like you can make the argument that it was finally at the end it was finally um Omega Winning the big one after trying so hard for so long, uh, but that's that's kind of like we're splitting hairs. Almost like there, I in the overall kind of picture of New Japan, if we're going to go with that, I feel it would be Okada Tanahashi because it's the guy who was the ace versus the guy who basically usurped him as the new ace of the company. And probably going forward for several more years, so. I don't know, I mean, I can't, it's hard to pick, like, a a North American feud of, of, like, the decade. Because I don't really feel like there's been a lot of good ones.
2: It's hard with North America because they kind of, like, do their thing and move on. Where, like, some of those New Japan ones are, like, (laughs) years of, like, back and forth.
0: Well, I mean, they did do that in North America, but what we got out of that was Cena Orton. Ugh. So. Mm.
2: <laughs> and, and, like, now now to go and like, I think as much as I love Tanahashi no Kata, I think when I think about Japan, re- Japanese wrestling, though, I think my performer that I'm going to remember from this decade from Japan is probably Kota Ibushi, just because he was so outstanding, like, night in and night out. Hmm. And his uh,
0: sorry,
1: I
2: got his match. His match with Nakamura was really good. Uh, I hear that one he had with Okada is just insane. Mm -hmm. So um, he just got a lot. I mean, his 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 high end work from this decade is really good. Like even his angle, like the Golden Lovers versus the the Bucks, was really good.
1: Mm -hmm. Just a. As a sidebar, um, I haven't watched the Wrestle Kingdom, but I've read the results, which I I imagine you probably have. And spoiler alert for anyone out there who hasn't watched it, doesn't want to know the results yet. Um, What do you think about them having Naito win everything?
2: Uh, I think they should have done that two years ago is when he got really hot. Um,
1: yeah at least I don't know what this is about. I don't know I don't, I kind of am confused by it I think because I feel he's pulled down a lot
2: I, so I don't know like I'm excited about by like Naito a lot but the thing the thing I've learned with New Japan is anytime <laughs> I've questioned what they did I'm always wrong hmm. like for for at least the last five years, I always question if they can maintain when they lose guys. I question a decision uh, ghettos making. And I always end up being wrong. Like going back to I guess when they put the belt on Okada, like I'm all like I'm always like, I don't know if I like that, and then like it ends up. I'm like, oh, okay, like I guess I just misjudged it. I think it's interesting in a historical perspective because like a double champion is so so novel there Mm. and i think there's some interesting storytelling aspects you can do especially with new japan and it being a more real sport aspect like how is he gonna handle like double the pressure like is he gonna kind of like let the the intercontinental belt slip a bit because that's the you know the lesser of the belts So mm-hmm. I don't know what I think. I mean, what do you? What do you, are you? A little? Do you feel like they waited yeah, too little, long?
1: Yeah, kind of. I mean, and I, I'm okay with them taking off Okada. Like I, I don't. You've already had Okada have like the the record-breaking run of defenses. So I don't think you need to have the belt on him like another like year or more. Like he had the belt almost a year. He won it in, at the WrestleMania weekend show. Uh, so I'm okay with them taking it off him. I would have probably just put it on like a bushy. but yeah. I, I guess the, I, I I still think that 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 will happen at some point. But maybe they'll maybe they'll build towards a, a bushy Naito at next year's Wrestle Kingdom.
2: I feel like they've had
1: great matches in the
2: past. I feel like they're a little too scared to fully pull the trigger on Ibushi. (laughs) It feels like they get closer to eat closer each time to like pulling the trigger on him. Mm. But, but Japan's a little different too. Like, I feel like losing a big match isn't as big a deal there because you're supposed to lose. It's more of a real sport thing. Like it doesn't necessarily damage your overness to lose. And I, Mm. I feel like people here overreact to some jobs over there because it's just different.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I almost, it's almost like, like, is are they just trying to get as much as they can out of Naito? Cause he's on the downward swing. He's not really on the downward swing, but I feel like he's lost the step. I feel like, or, or maybe just he's lost heat in the last couple of years.
2: I feel like, I feel like he's been, I feel like, I feel like your top choices there are, like, Ibushi, Okada, and Naito. And if you put it on Naito, that opens you up to some new avenues of matches for the title. Yeah. Because you know it's going to end up back on Okada anyway, so why not give Eventually. It? Yeah. So break it up a bit with an Okada reign. Like, maybe you can do... Get Ibushi in there to, like, win it.
1: I do like that they had... That they're- immediately have set up a feud with Kenta.
2: yeah oh yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah when is that is that in february i think so the new beginning shows or whatever Mm. yeah i'll have to check that out so what like so what um what what do you guys think about like this decade as a whole as far as like what happened in the ring because I'm I'm really comparing a lot in my head to like the aughts because that's the most recent decade. And I feel that decade was really bland and like, you know, it didn't really change much from like the start to the end. And I feel like, I feel like there was a lot of change in this decade.
0: I would disagree with you on the aughts. I think the aughts started out high and then sloped down. Yeah. Consider, consider all the stuff you had 2000-2001 and then it slowly goes away to the point where we, we're getting around 2010 and the selling point for the pay-per-view is this is the last Cena-Orton swearsies this time. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the teens era has to me seemed very peaks and valleys. There's been a lot of like high points, low points. like the high points have been high, low points have been low. So it's, it's been inconsistent.
2: I feel like, um, I feel like if you get outside of that, just the WWE, like main product, like this decade's been pretty outstanding
0: well I, I was I was building to that point is you get to the later part of it when at least the stuff that i've I've had regular access to starts coming into play a little bit more and it starts evening out and improving so you know for a lot of it you had peaks and valleys peaks and valleys at least from where I sit and then it starts getting better and getting you know getting better and I love that the 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 horizon is expanded for for easy access. It's to the point now where it's like, well, I gotta pick and choose because I can't watch everything. I just don't have the time. Um, yeah,
2: that's that's really a challenge, especially with like the streaming services. Like I really only have time to keep one, but it's hard to choose
0: right. It's not that I don't care about. <laughs> And like, there's plenty of intriguing stuff that, you know, and, and I'm sure that there, you know, some matches I'd probably enjoy. I'm, I don't have the history built into it that you guys do. So I, I feel less, um, you know, I feel much less, uh, inclined to, to be engaged with it in the same way, but, you know, AEW and NWA power and stuff like that. Oh, I'm I'm interested. Like, I'm I'm really gang for that. So I
2: think you would like New Japan more than you think you would because there was an interview with Ghetto a couple years ago where they were asking him what he liked when he was a kid, and he pretty much said like I hated that UWF like the the shoot style stuff. Like I was all about any like NWA I could get my hands on. It was like I wanted the American stuff, not the boring, like real sport Japanese stuff.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. It's just, I'm not bought in yet because it's like, you know, I don't have the history with it. Well, so we'll get
2: you some Ishii matches. Then you'll be bought in. Oh
0: God. Mm -hmm. By the way, who was the dude that showed up and got in Moxley's face and like leveled him? Who was that? Oh, Suzuki. Okay. It, after after we're done, I'll have to have one of you guys explain it to me. But um, who, Minoru Suzuki? I only know the name.
2: Uh, he's just a crazy oh. motherfucker. <laughs> 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 no, I mean like he's legitimately like it, he is. He if he's not if he is he, like he is probably like top five like greatest wrestler of all time.
0: Like I said, we'll. I'll, I'll have you guys fill me in a little later. But um,
2: like he's just he's he just he is who he is, and he is awesome, and he has like the best entrance song of all time.
0: Okay. Well, is that about do it for us, guys? Yes. Have we about, about mm-hmm. at the end of the rope? All right. Everybody, we want to say thank you for joining us. This has been the Four Corners Decade Retrospective. We should have really come up with a catchy name for this, but I guess we'll just call it the Four Corners Decade Retrospective. Um, We want to say thank you for joining us. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Did we miss something? Get on our social media and tell us about it. We would love to hear it. Um, We've got a few things coming up. We're, uh, we are going to be getting to the, um, the WWC review uh, and, and some other interesting things we've got uh, brewing. So, you know, s- stay tuned. And uh, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we'll see you next time.